0: Just a reminder that this podcast represents my own opinions. The content here should not be taken as medical advice. The content here is for educational and informational purposes only. Please consult your doctor or healthcare professional for any individual medical questions you may have. Hello friends and welcome. I'm glad you're here. This is episode 71 of the podcast, weight loss and wellness for real and today's topic is all about compassion fatigue you may or may not have heard of the term compassion fatigue but in my world as a therapist you hear it often in regards um, in how not to burn out as a therapist i see it often with anyone in the helping professions nurses doctors teachers and often i hear this from all of you wonderful mamas out there taking care of the kids, doing all the things. Compassion fatigue is a thing. It is defined as a condition characterized by emotional and physical exhaustion, which leads to the diminished ability to empathize or to feel compassion for others. Um, Sometimes it's even described as the negative cause of caring. So, we're going to really get into all this, and we're going to talk about how um, to change this a little bit. If, if you're starting to, well, we're going to talk about signs and symptoms, so you're going to understand if maybe this is something you're dealing with, because the sooner you kind of recognize it, the easier it is to get out of it. We're going to talk about ways to get out of it. Um, we're going to talk about ways to, to find some healing around this. Um, And this does relate to food and weight loss issues. This may not apply to everybody out there listening, but for many of us who use food emotionally, um, if you are moving into compassion fatigue or, you know, if you're taking care of everyone else and feeling overwhelmed and not really taking care of yourself, then we really want to be thinking about how to get into that space of well, how to get out of that space, and because so many of us use food or drink um, to help find relief when we are in that space. So we're going to talk about that as well, but again, there's lots of people who deal with compassion fatigue who are not using food or drink to self-soothe. It's just that for many of us who do use food emotionally, and I just know All of you out there as my audience, a lot of you, this is what you're dealing with or you have loved ones who deal with this, more of this food and and drink issue and emotional eating and disordered eating patterns and compassion fatigue can really uh, make that sort of emotional eating, the overeating, um, sometimes even the restricting because we're looking for control, get even worse. So we're going to talk all about that. But before we get started, just a reminder that you can head over to my website and that's at heatherheinen.com and Heinen is spelled H E Y N E N so heatherheinen.com. I am currently taking new clients at the time uh, that this podcast is being released. I usually record my podcast earlier, but um I recorded this one and then I'm releasing it within the same week. So anyway, at the time that this is being released, I am currently taking new online weight loss coaching clients and new online life coaching clients. I am also taking a few in regards to uh, phone sessions. So if you've been on the fence or thinking about maybe wanting to work with me, now might be a good time to head over to my website and fill out the form with a request to work with me. Um, We kind of go back and forth via email from there. If you have been on the fence but you're not sure, I would just really encourage you to go over to the website anyway. I have tons and tons of detail over there about me, about my programs, about how I work with life coaching clients, how I work with weight loss coaching clients, um, how I work with people via phone sessions. All my prices are over there. Uh, but lots and lots of detail because it is really important. If you're looking for a coach, um, this goes for a therapist as well. You want to make sure that um, initially it it at least feels like a good fit. Now you may work with that coach or therapist a session or two and find out this is not a good fit for me. And that's, you know, normal. That's how it should be. It's kind of like finding a doctor or someone else you're going to partner with in regards to your health. Um, You really want to make sure that's a good fit, but I hope by putting all that detail on my website. As you read through things, you can get a sense of how I work with my clients, sort of my style, my philosophy. And if it doesn't fit, then at least you know. But if it does fit, then that might be a good indicator to give it a try and fill out that form. And you can ask me more questions, those sorts of things. Okay, also lots of other things over on that website. Just valuable, I hope valuable, free info. Um, I do have a journal over there, kind of like a blog. I just call it a journal. It's a little more personal. Um, articles, tips and tricks. You can sign up for a free monthly newsletter where I send out, um, On it's called All Things Well-Being. So that's free. Uh, so anyway, head over there. Lots of things for you over at my website. Okay. So let's move on to what we are talking about. The other part of, um, well, I wanted to do an episode on compassion fatigue as so many of the clients, uh, I work with in therapy, as well as my coaching and weight loss coaching clients present with this condition. And And it can be very frustrating as these individuals really do care about others, but find themselves almost at odds with their own values when they find they're feeling irritable and angry and low on patience with others. You know, they don't, maybe if they're in a helping profession, they do not want to do their job anymore. They may describe it as burnout. Like I said, I do... Find this um, in particular with in particular with a lot of moms um, just feeling very very overwhelmed and you know that they're always having to give and they don't have anything to replenish themselves and so they sort of get into this space of where they're living out of alignment with our own values that that does lead to things like I spoke about before like overeating over drinking and or just a huge sense of dissatisfaction in life and. This leads to more stress, anxiety, and even um, can lead to depression. So I hope to give some of you out there who may be experiencing this or you know someone who might be experiencing this some verbiage, some words, some understanding to explain what's going on just to bring that awareness and understanding and also talk about ways to heal this and to get back to being who you truly are, that caring, compassionate, empathetic, helping person and feeling back in alignment with yourself. I hope you are finding something useful from these episodes and this podcast. And if so, please share it with someone else in your life you feel it could benefit. This podcast is also now monetized. So if you really feel you are getting a lot from it and want to help keep it going, Please go to the episode show notes. You can just scroll down from wherever you're listening. You'll see a description of the episode and then you will see it says support this podcast and then there's a link you can click on. You can click on that link and that's where you can support the podcast. Even the smallest donation like 99 cents helps to keep me producing the podcast And to those of you who have donated, I really, really appreciate the support. I really do appreciate all of you listening and sharing the space with me. Again, just very thankful for all of you. I wanted to tell you about a company I recently used and that you may be interested in using as well. It is called Five Strands, five the number, and then S-T-R-A-N-D-S, five strands, and it is a test to learn about food intolerances, environmental intolerances, and it can give you lots of really good information on how your body is currently responding to your diet. So it can identify food or environmental intolerances and then you can kind of temporarily remove these things from your diet and make lifestyle decisions around that in order to reduce inflammation, to feel a bit better. Uh, This isn't about allergy testing. This isn't the same if you were to go get allergy testing through blood. This is uh, simply about a different process. They use that help to identify, not allergies, but simple intolerances to foods that you currently may be eating and things in your environment. And then once you have that knowledge, the idea is you can go into an elimination diet and take all those things out at once versus if any of you have done an elimination diet before, when you're trying to figure out what's working for you, what's not, you know, maybe something like you take out all dairy, you have to wait four weeks to see how you respond, then you take out another thing, then you, so it's just this really long process of trying to figure those things out. This is just a really quick, simple, easy way to get that information and eliminate all those things at once, and then the idea is you do slowly add them back in once your body, um, the inflammation has calmed down, your body's ready to respond to them again. So this isn't about eliminating these foods forever and always, it's simply about taking them out for a time period to really optimize your health, maybe even lose some weight, and then um, slowly adding them back in. And the test is so easy because you just send in some strands of hair, hence the name of the company, Five Strands. You just send in some hair, you get results back within five to seven days. The other reason I, when asked, agreed to work with this company was because their customer service was so amazing. Any questions you have, um, anything like that, they are just friendly, very knowledgeable. um, I just really, really appreciated their... to me was like old school customer service. So they're a great company. Um, and, and, and this sort of testing can just give you that idea of, okay, these are the things I'm going to try to cut out and, and we'll see, um, you know, trying to optimize feeling good, all that sort of stuff. And my own personal thing with this is I was noticing that I was having, Uh, just some cues and feedback going on from my body with some regular things I had been eating where I had never had those uh, negative cues and feedback before. And so I knew something was going on and that's why I got into taking this test. And what was really interesting is some things came back that I knew would come back, like I've always known dairy, I do not do well with dairy, Um, I, I know I don't do well with eggs, things like that but i really found some of the results fascinating like there were certain proteins that i was used to eating every single day that i'm highly right now currently in my lifestyle intolerant to um, and other proteins that were just fine so that helped me adjust uh, to what i'm eating right now another thing that was really interesting is i always thought i was really intolerant to red wine but could was fine with all clear alcohol like vodka um all that kind of stuff and actually according to this uh all clear alcohol is not good but i am totally cool with red wine so things like that were really really fascinating to me and also just helped me create sort of this elimination diet plan for about six weeks that i'll be doing and uh just just gave me all the information in one shot so i highly highly recommend them if you're looking to optimize your health. It's a quick and easy test to just get more information. I really do hope you give it a try. I just believe more knowledge about our bodies and how they are working is such a key in gaining that optimal health. So if you want to give them a try, you can head over to fivestrands.com. Again, it's the number five and then S-T-R-A-N-D-S dot com. And when you go to check out, put in my name, Heather Heinen. Heather Heinen h-e-y-n-e-n and you're gonna get a nice discount so here are some of the symptoms that happen when you are experiencing compassion fatigue so take a listen and see if any of these fit you and or you know maybe if you notice this might be going on in someone you love or care about so feeling exhausted physically and psychologically so it's both right Feeling that overwhelm psychologically, feeling sensations in the body, but really this then comes out physically as well. So feeling exhausted physically and psychologically, feeling helpless, hopeless or powerless, feeling irritable, angry, sad or numb, a sense of being detached or having decreased pleasure in activities ruminating about the suffering of others, right? So constantly thinking about how hard everyone else has it or the suffering they're going through. Blaming yourself and having thoughts of not having done enough. You know, I, I didn't do enough, this person is suffering or they're suffering, I didn't do enough. Um, the decreased sense of personal or professional accomplishment. So maybe you're in a helping profession of some sort, um, By the way, this doesn't need to be, um, I mean, burnout can be a lot of these same things too, which uh, it's just that within the helping profession, it's the focus is on caretaking for others. And so that's where that compassion fatigue is a little bit different than that burnout, but decreased sense of personal, professional accomplishment. So maybe you used to feel very accomplished in your job. um, You felt good about what you were doing and now that's changing. Uh, It could even be something very existential like a change in your worldview or in your spirituality. Um, And then physical symptoms like sleep and appetite disturbances, nausea and dizziness. If you can relate to any of this, you know, you might define and see yourself also as a helper, a fixer. Often people pleasers go into this. Your, Your main energy goes into others on a daily basis. So like I said through your work or job, or often if you are the main caretaker of your children, all these traits, if you will, if you have these, can can set you up for compassion fatigue. And I see this in my practice often with people who naturally feel empathy and care towards others. They like to help. They gain much of their own worth and satisfaction from helping. Um, and typically, typically, not for all, but typically, um, these, these people do not have great boundary setting skills in place for themselves yet. So compassion fatigue, like I mentioned a little bit ago is like burnout and burnout comes from being overworked or, uh, maybe having too many perceived responsibilities. And as I said, compassion fatigue is similar, but stems from helping others. So you want to keep helping, but you're overwhelmed, but and it, at being exposed to others' issues, traumas, needs. And and like burnout, uh, compassion fatigue also takes time to develop. So it's sort of sneaky. Uh, Most of us who have had experienced it have no idea it's kind of this slowly burning and building in the background until you all of a sudden start to not care about yourself or others in your life. You sort of end up overusing your compassion skills and reserves so you no longer have much to provide to others, let alone yourself. So I personally went through this. I think it was, I've said before, I'm terrible with dates and times, but I'm, I'm thinking it was around, I don't know, seven to 10 years ago, I had always had a ton of energy for my clients, for my work, um, my own personal interests, my daughter, And I started to notice I didn't want to go to work anymore. You know, I had, I I felt like um, I was sort of, I had this imposter syndrome going on. Like I almost felt I had to fake my compassion for clients. And in my line of work, that's, that's a really big deal that, you know, if, if you are a therapist, you really, in order for therapy to work in that relationship, because Really, what we know, even research wise, it's the relationship that makes the changes in the other person, right? Doesn't really matter so much. I mean, there's techniques and strategies that are probably better than others, you know, that help work for certain people, but really, it's the relationship that creates the change in someone else. So, if you are not feeling that empathy, that compassion, um, That whole, I always think of it as a little quantum mechanics that go in there with the energy exchange within therapy itself, but that all shifts. And so you're not going to get the same outcomes for those clients than if you are totally present and in the moment and empathetic and compassionate. Like you really have to be authentic. So that was a really big deal when I started to feel that imposter syndrome, um, you know, and that I was having to fake it. Uh, I I found myself almost angry when someone needed me, not just clients, but like when my daughter needed me, which was totally understandable. She was a young child, um, you know, but feeling angry or or someone in my life, a friend like needed me or something like that, which... When I felt that, it was just so against my nature. I had never experienced that before. So anyway, after suffering, I would say for a good year or so with this and really dropping into some depressive symptoms and literally thinking about, like, I need to change professions, I sort of, um, it's a long story, but learned what was going on and how to shift it all. And it was so wonderful to be able to feel back to myself, really loving and engaging with clients again and feeling authentic And who I was. And here are some of the things I learned and how I took responsibility for this and completely shifted out of overwhelm, out of the compassion fatigue, and back into being me. So I really had to do some work around boundary setting and saying no. And, And this is really hard because for many of us who are in helping professions and really that's a value we hold, that's what we want to do. We like taking care of others. Um, We're really bad at this. We're really bad at setting boundaries and saying no because a lot of times we're people pleasers. You know, we want everyone to be happy and feel okay. And um, so we're really not good at boundary setting. And, And what is funny is that I never, well, funny now not funny then what is funny that i never really understood the importance of when i would read things about how to say no or how to set boundaries right cuz i was always reading articles on mental emotional well-being and wellness and all those things and so i would read these things you know like in my um scientific journals you know all, all those kinds of things about boundaries and i would think weird you know um you know, I just really need to help and help everyone and fix everyone and fix everything. I had no internal dialogue about taking care of me though. My, my internal dialogue was very, very harsh, very, very judgmental and very, very uncaring to myself. So like many of you who I know relate to this, we are so harsh in our thoughts with ourselves. We never have any relief or reprieve from the self criticism, the harshness that our brain throws up towards us. It's sort of like that child who is constantly berated by authoritarian parent, you know, always being told they're wrong, bad or can't do anything right. So it's like we work harder to try to help and fix everyone else because that means we are really a good person, right? <laughs> so it's the cycle of we talk terrible to ourselves, but then we use our helping others as a way to try to prove to ourselves that we are good. And, and that whole cycle is so messed up and how this compassion fatigue gets started. If we have no boundaries in place to take care of ourselves and we also have the harsh, very unhelpful, self-talk habits going on in our brains as humans, we are going to eventually burn. You're going to eventually burn out. I I know the word self-care gets thrown around a lot these days. And for some reason, that word can make me, that word does make me uncomfortable. I have an uncomfortable feeling when I hear that word, probably because it's often used these days in suggestions like self-care is pedicures and massages and shopping and used as this sort of distracted, I kind of think of it as this. Just, and you don't need to agree with me, this is, these are just my thoughts that I'm using over lately, but this distracted reward system, right? And, and hey, I, you know, but I'm all about those things. Those things are great. Massages, pedicures, all those things are awesome. And I do actually encourage things like that, but I really believe that we don't need things like that for self-care. To me, self-care is created in our thoughts about ourselves, It's in our relationship with ourselves, The thoughts we think and how we relate to our own selves is true, authentic self-care. Authentic self-care. And I also believe that in order to solve the compassion fatigue, we need to practice and cultivate a very caring and compassionate relationship with ourselves because once that is established, when we have a compassionate, caring relationship with ourselves, what happens is we almost magically have all kinds of compassion and energy for others again. We actually now feel this whole new sense of energy and renewal for helping and empathizing. This is why I am such a stickler for anyone dealing with compassion fatigue, with overwhelm, that they first and foremost have to work on the relationship with themselves in order to get out of the compassion fatigue. I have a couple of previous episodes on boundary setting and one is also called The Art of Saying No. I don't remember what numbers they are, but... You know, you can scroll through and you'll see those titles. So if you believe you have difficulty setting boundaries for yourself, and I you know, I know we are talking in psychological terms here, but if you are a person who struggles with boundaries around food as well, that is almost always indicative that you also struggle with boundaries psychologically. Um, it's just something to consider. Anyway, take a listen to those after this one to learn more skills and techniques, the how-to's about setting boundaries and saying no. And just to point out, if you are struggling with your weight, often figuring out this compassion fatigue stuff, this overwhelm stuff, and learning to set boundaries actually will automatically cross over into your food and eating habit world, where you almost automatically find yourself willing to have more boundaries around food and eating. It doesn't feel so hard to have those boundaries. Okay. So hopefully I've established for you the importance of cultivating and practicing a new relationship with yourself, which comes from your thoughts you have about you. And then beyond that, some more general strategies that can be put into place to alleviate compassion fatigue and all the symptoms that go with it are some of the following. I'm just going to list some ideas here. So finding a balance between your professional and personal life and taking time off if you can. That's really important and I found that for me as well. Taking that time off, being able to check out once in a while is hugely um, rewarding and, and helps really give me that balance of not dropping into that compassion fatigue. Following self-care routines. So things like getting enough sleep, choosing healthy food, exercising regular regularly and nurturing social relationships, all really important there. Avoiding information overload and paying attention to how stressful or traumatic information affects you. I'll just get really personal here. I I, Well, first of all, I do not own a TV and have not for years. And the reason for that is because I don't want any excess information coming at me. Now, that is simply because I know myself very well. Not even something I'm proud of. Um, I just literally it probably has to do with my job. i'm I'm listening to fairly traumatic stories most of the day, um, you know, trying to help. and so I cannot handle excess news, excess bad news, excess um, negative information coming into my world. Um, especially true for these past couple of years with the news. So glad I don't have a TV. Um, but what I do have to watch, you know, I have a computer, so I st- you know, I have Netflix, so I do still watch some shows, you guys, but, um, you know, even with social media, which I use, uh, for my business, um, you know, things pop up, you see things. And so I've had to get really, really ruthless with, hiding specific people who post political news things um i'm just not into it and trust me i i am very well informed of what's going on what's but i don't because people just talk about it you learn these things it just you you are able to take in what's going on you know enough but i can't handle that excess negative stuff coming into my brain I fill that time. So even my social media is so um, vetted. The only things I see in social media are inspiring, uplifting, um, all the things that I want my brain to be fed so that I can feed myself those good things because that really helps me balance a lot of the traumatic things that I do here um, and participate in with others and helping them move through things. So anyway, avoiding information overload and paying attention to how stressful or traumatic information affects you. If you're highly affected, if you're an empathetic, um, person, you're kind of, that's your nature. You're probably highly affected by traumatic and negative information. And it is going to be up to you to set those boundaries for yourself of what you take in. Okay. Okay. Identifying your priorities and engaging in activities that replenish and rejuvenate you. So this may come down to having to do some journaling, some thought work, or asking people who are really close to you, like, if you can't figure out, you know, what are the things that are my priorities and what activities do I actually find joy engaging in, um, you want to do a little work there to figure out what are some of those things, you know, and then putting them into practice. Uh, practicing gratitude and being in the present moment, and I say practicing being in the present moment because that practice, the practicing of gratitude, and also practicing being in the present moment, really, really can fulfill us, uplift us, feed our souls, um, all those things. So, a gratitude practice every morning, just listing three things you're grateful for. I've talked about this before. Some days, on my not so good days, um, you know, I my list of three is things like coffee. A warm blanket over my feet. I mean, they're very basic things, but practicing that gratitude every single morning, writing out those three to sometimes I can go to town and list 15 things um, has really been incredibly beneficial for my own mental, emotional health. And I know it has been for many, many people. And we have science behind this. We We know that practicing gratitude and being in the present moment works understand that suffering and pain are a part of the collective human experience and that you do not have control over them, right? So this is really about forgiving oneself that you can't always fix everything for everyone else. This is more about learning that when you want to help someone, it is about sharing that space with them and um, being in that space with them and not trying to fix them or make them change, right? So giving up that belief that you have control and can make those changes and instead moving into acceptance and allowing and forgiveness. Uh, Focusing on areas that you do have control over, including your thoughts and feelings, rather than having unrealistic expectations about changing things that are beyond your control, which relates to the one I just talked about. So You focus on what you do have control over, which by the way, you guys, that is mostly your thoughts and feelings and how you behave, right? Um, Okay. So the takeaway here, helping others without Replenishing yourself leads to overwhelm and compassion fatigue. As soon as you recognize some of the warning signs, you really want to take action right away. Taking steps to care for yourself, specifically in your mental thought world related to your relationship with yourself is absolutely number one. And one more thing, and this is often a difficult thing to hear, but it is the truth. And if you know me at all, I am definitely more stoic in my life philosophy um, than positive thinking person. Um, because it's just a lot more helpful than that fake and toxic positivity in a reality of a world that is not always positive and good, right? Positive thinking, um, I always hesitate to say this because I get people who don't like to hear it, but positive thinking, just positive thinking, and like people who say, just think positive, I am of a very strong belief it doesn't work, and there is also, you probably get sick of me saying this, but there's research behind that too, but positive thinking does not work, and in fact, this is why I call it toxic positivity, if you try on purpose to think positive all the time, it in fact literally can backfire and make you feel worse and more unmotivated. Um, It's probably for another podcast and how that all works in the brain, but Um, Just for now, understanding that a more stoic philosophical approach to life is much more helpful and useful than thinking you have to struggle to think positive all the time. That's just, that's just not reality. Okay, so for the difficult thing, but the absolute reality and truth is that no one else except for you can fix this for you. Now, you can partner with a good therapist, a coach, even a close friend to help you move through this, but the truth is the healing can only be done by you taking responsibility for it, owning it, and starting the work of creating that loving, compassionate, healthy relationship with yourself and watching that compassion fatigue melt away when you do this. Um... It it's so rejuvenating and will fill you with so much more energy and compassion for helping others. I hope you found something useful, or maybe had an insight about yourself, or maybe even just a clearer understanding of what might be going on, on with you or someone you care about. And if you're experiencing any of these symptoms, um, maybe how to start to begin to heal, uh, and if needed, to reach out for help. As always. I just really appreciate you sharing this space with me, and we're we are going to talk soon. Did you know you can find a lot more help from me on my website? Go to heatherheinen.com. Heinen is spelled H-E-Y-N-E-N, and get in touch with questions on all things I offer, like online courses for overeating, weight loss, goal attainment, and also my coaching and counseling services you <music>